There was a monster who lived in the trees, in the house that would rattle and shake in the breeze. It was cold and small with a terrible leak that would drip on her head and her hands and her beak. She needed it fixed and all in one batch because she had an egg that was ready to hatch. So she went to the credit union for a renovation loan and got new windows, insulation and extended her home. Monster loans from the credit union. Imagine more. Loans are subject to approval. Terms and conditions apply. If you do not meet the repayments on your loan, your account will go into arrears. This may affect your credit rating, which may limit your ability to access credit in the future. Credit unions in the Republic of Ireland are regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. All right, I know I can't be the only person who does this. You ever find yourself watching something and your phone goes off? So you look down and check. Then you go to send a text because you figure you're going to do two things at once. It's nothing. You a boss. You can multitask. You got this. In the time it take you to think about what you're going to say and send that text, you look up. Two minutes, 35 seconds that went past. You don't know what the hell going on in the show now. You don't know how Robert and Jerry in the same room. Like how that happened. Now you got to rewind. So you go back. Start the show again. You confident. You focus. And of course, that's when your phone go off again. And this time ain't going to be like the first time. Because remember, you can multitask. You got this. Use a boss. So you go back down and answer that text just to look up and miss the same exact two minutes and 35 seconds. Like somebody hit instant replay on your ass. Like you got to be kidding me. I just did that twice. Has anybody else done this? It can't just be me. I did this shit about four times in a row once. <laughs> I'm dead serious. And I just, I didn't know what to think of myself. I just sat there in disgust. Like, how does that even happen to a human being? Why has technology got me this stupid? It, now that it's a smartphone, it takes all your smarts. You just become stupid. You do stupid shit like that. I was watching this show. It was one season, six episodes. It took me 15 years to finish that. 15 years. I keep looking down at the phone, falling for the same move. It's the same problem I have with women. Welcome to In The Moment. I kid. There's a moment in everything, and everything is a moment. I talk about the comedy in it all. This is your first time. Welcome to the funniest podcast you've never heard. I'm your new favorite comedian, Mo Mitchell. Your money back. Shout out to all my regular listeners. Episode 48. Now let's get it all yeah. in perspective. For all y'all enjoyment, a song y'all can step with. Y'all appointed me to bring rap justice. But Bear I ain't with Bravo. me. Y'all Been a week. Nice, a lot of us coming off of a tough Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving wasn't what it normally is for a lot of us, but still got to find things to be grateful for. It's the only way you can live. It's the only way I know how to live. So we here. Another week. Welcome. Thank y'all for being here. Shout out to you if you're still eating leftovers. <laughs> Don't let them judge you. I see y'all bothering people who still eating Thanksgiving leftovers in December. I see y'all. Leave those people alone. You don't know what they're going through. Some of y'all meal plan to eat the same shit for 60 days. Every day. Ground turkey and rice. Don't nobody say nothing to you. They compliment you. Leave those people alone that's still eating Thanksgiving leftovers in December. Speaking of leftovers, how many of y'all grew up in a household where they used to reuse the grease? <laughs> A lot of black people going to know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all are probably listening to me thinking I'm crazy right now. But yes, a lot of households used to reuse the grease. You take some grease, you fry something, put it in a corner. <laughs> Use it again a couple days later. <laughs> Which sounds crazy to me now. As an adult in 2020, that sounds crazy. I would never do that. But that was a regular thing growing up as a kid. Some of y'all feel me. But <laughs> I'm mad at it. I wouldn't put that in my body today. I'm mad at it. Speaking of, y'all know what time it is with me. Let's get into things I'm mad at. Um, out the gate. I'm mad at racism. It sucks. It's ridiculous. That's it. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> I'm mad at grandma. I can't believe grandma did this. Not my grandma. This uh, someone else's grandma. This woman's grandma. I don't know her, but I feel for her. Because this happened. Raven, this is your grandmother. I apologize so much. I sent you pictures. I pushed your name by mistake. I meant to send it to my friend, Brian Allen. Please delete that picture from your gr Please, Grandma, baby. Grandma, when I looked up at my thing and I seen that, I felt so bad. I was sending it to Brian Allen, but you know your grandmother don't...
Yo, when you think of who is the last person on earth you want to get the accidental nudes from? Grandma. Baby. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing, Grandma? You can't do that. It's just certain things you can't do to your grandkids and send them accidental nudes is one. It's on the list. Can you imagine? Her life is ruined. She, <laughs> this is traumatic, man. I felt bad laughing. I just, I didn't know what else to do. Oh, she will never see grandma the same. Ever. All of the skeletons are out the closet. And then grandma gonna call and explain. I don't want an explanation. I don't. I don't. I'd rather you just say nothing. I don't want to know who you meant to send it to. Oh, I was trying to send it to Ralph and them. I don't care, grandma. I don't want to know what your intentions were. Baby, all I was trying to do, I don't care, Grandma. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> you have so many questions. How many of these do you have? Why do you take these? What is going on? Who are you? Oh, I can't imagine. I'm mad at that for her. I'm mad at construction. I'm mad at construction because they've been outside my apartment all week, right? Shining this bright-ass light right at the window. Right at my window, too. I swear, I think it's only me. And I noticed last night that they put that bright-ass light on at about 9 p.m. And then they start banging. Bang. 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 Rest in peace to the late great pops. If you know, you know. And... The banging proceeds the entire night. I mean, William Hung type shit, right? History. She bangs, she bangs. Thank I'm you. wasted by the way Thank she... you. And I kid y'all not, as soon as I wake up at about 4.35, whatever time it was, and it seemed like clockwork, as soon as I turned my alarm off, the lights went off. And the banging stopped. And I said, you son of a bitch. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. I mean, they have my schedule. They're doing this on purpose. Clearly, someone's out to get me. And the entire construction crew is in on it. There is no such thing as a coincidence. People, this is all happening. There's a conspiracy. I don't know what the hell is going on, but it's pretty obvious. They have done this all week now. As soon as I lay my head down and go to sleep. Now, I know I go to sleep a little earlier than most, and I wake up a little earlier than most. But at the same time, I mean, pretty much they know they're banging between the hours that most human beings are sleeping. She bangs, she bangs. Why? Why do they think this is a good time? Who creates this schedule? I mean, I'm sure there's a good reason and I'm probably ignorant to it as to why they have to bang, bang, bang. From 10 p.m. to 5 a.m.? But, like, I just don't understand why they can't get a 9 to 5 like everybody else. Bang, bang while everybody's at work? That's what you did as a kid. You waited till your parents went to work, and then you bang, bang. <laughs> That's what you do as an adult. You wait till your kids go to school, and you bang, bang. So why doesn't construction... Wait until people go about their daily activities to bang, bang. It's disrespectful, man. I'm mad at Um, <laughs> I'm mad at some of the things you used to get in trouble for as a kid. Because I thought about this the other day when I was cleaning up my apartment. I laughed. Because some of us grew up in a household where you could get in trouble for putting the trash in the trash. <laughs> Again, some of y'all have no idea what I'm talking about, but that was a thing. Like, if your mom's was cleaning up, right, and she had the trash where she was currently putting the trash in, and the other trash was just emptied, if you got caught putting trash in that trash, that was your ass. Hey! Well, get that trash out that trash, put that trash in this trash. And I just thought to myself, that's trash. <laughs> what? I should have never got in trouble for putting trash in the trash, man. It's still trash. I get it. You just emptied this one. You want all of the trash cans to be new and fresh and smelling good. But at the same time, all I'm really doing is putting the trash in the trash. It got to be something better to get in trouble for. 
I'm, and I'm only bringing this up because I got in trouble for it the other day. <laughs> Again. And it was in my place. How you get in trouble for putting the trash in the trash? That don't make no damn sense. Anyway, that leads me into shout outs. Shout out to parents, man. Shout out to the good parents everywhere that are really trying, doing their best every day. I know it got to be hard to be a parent. A lot of people say you don't know how hard it is to be a parent until you become one. And I say I knew how hard it was before. That's why I have not become one. But um, either way, I know it's not easy to be a good parent, let alone a great parent. So shout out to the parents. Because parents, parents do a lot of funny shit throughout the years. You know, you get in trouble for putting the trash in the trash. Some parents, I've seen parents put their kids to sleep because they were tired. <laughs> you seen that? Some, y'all do that. Go to bed. But I'm not tired. Well, I am. Good night. Take your ass to sleep. I don't want to stay up to have to watch you. So go to Well, I got to go to sleep because you tired. I'm fine. Wasn't even bothering you for the last two hours. But it's funny how times change, right? Because as a kid, you're a kid. And you always want to make your parents proud. But you make mistakes, of course. And some of us, our parents are really hard on us. They, they demand perfection. And I was never mad at that. Because that means that you're there when someone demands perfection. My dad was hard on us. He demanded perfection. But I think that's just a part of being a good dad. But it's funny how you get older, you grow up, and then you see your parents make mistakes. And I feel like there's a part of all of us, just a small piece, that when you get older and you spend years having your parent be really hard on you and you see them fuck up, there's a part of you that enjoys it. <laughs> Tell the truth. It's dark and it's toxic. Because I remember the first time that my dad drove my car and he crashed it. Bow! A part of me said, yes! <laughs> How toxic is that? <laughs> but just a, just a small piece of me. Because it was like, man, finally, it wasn't me. And I thought of this because my dad spilled something on my carpet. And I didn't care. But those moments are funny because they come full circle. Man, I remember spilling something on my parents' carpet. Do you know how scary that moment is? You spill something on your mama's carpet? Oh, I ain't know what to do. I was pouring gallons of water on it, just praying. I put so much damn water on the carpet, you could swim in that shit. I was damaging everything else with the water, trying to fix the stain. Stupid. About to drown myself. At least I ain't gonna get my ass beat if I drown. It's kid logic. <laughs> but it's funny. I just, I thought that was funny. I, I wonder if I'm the only person who has just that little bit of, ah, aha, when you see your parents make a little mistake. Shout out to parents. Y'all are dope. Uh, let's shout out to Scottie Pippen Jr. Um, and I'll tell y'all why in a minute. Let's get down to business. Alright, so let's get into this Malik Beasley thing. If you don't know, Malik Beasley is a professional basketball player. Plays in the NBA for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And he was just spotted in Miami holding hands with Larsa Pippen. Now, there's a lot of twists to this. The first one is, some of you may not know who Larsa Pippen is. This is Scottie Pippen's ex, who allegedly cheated on Scottie Pippen with the rapper Future and allegedly slept with Tristan Thompson while he was with Khloe Kardashian. All alleged, I know nothing. And the other part of it is Malik Beasley. And he's, uh, well, married. And so, just got married this year. Just had a baby last year. And he's in Miami, just walking down the street, holding hands with Larsa Pippen. Why? <laughs> I mean, you're in Miami. Just strolling in public. 
with Larsa Pippen. And you know you're married. I'm starting to think these dudes want to get caught. Like, is this a cry for help? What are you doing? You'll never make an all-star team that way. That's not an all-star move. Larsa Pippen came out and said, Don't believe everything you see online. Even sugar looks like salt. What? <laughs> Man. You gotta take this L, sis. You gotta take it. What are you doing? What is she doing? But... To each their own, I really feel for his wife, honestly, because she found out the same way all of us did by seeing this guy holding hands in Miami. My heart goes out to her and Scottie Pippen Jr. Because Scottie Pippen Jr. is going to the NBA in a year or two. What is his mother doing at some point? This man is going to be a rookie in the NBA, and he's going to have to play against Malik Beasley. And when they come out of a timeout, they're going to play future. Mask off. Fuck it, mask off. And it's probably going to be around the time that mask off becomes a hit again because the pandemic has ended. Do you realize what kind of distraction that is for that kid to play through? How can he perform? This is worse than Doc Rivers having the coach. Paul George after he cheated on Doc Rivers' daughter with a stripper and then married her. I feel for him. All right, let's talk about Nate Robinson. Robinson. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Snoop talk about Francis drumming it like it's Lord. just, baby. Um, you have to have known what has happened with Nate Robinson by now, so I won't be long because this is old. But I do have a few points here. Um, Nate Robinson, former basketball player who fought on the Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones undercard and became a meme after he got knocked into another century by Jake Paul, YouTube star. And I'm not going to deliver the easy jokes. I'm not. But there's some points that people are making that. I don't like, right? Now, I give Nate credit for fighting. At the same time, you would think if you're going to go get into a fight, well, you would know how to fight. Like, I remember my first comedy special, very first one. My father helped me put the special together. He went out of his way to promote the show, to get a bunch of people in there, and he packed the place. And he did all of this because he wanted to support me. But right before the show, it must have hit him that there was something he never asked me. He'd never seen me perform. So he comes to me about two minutes before the show, before I'm set to go on stage. And he looks at me and he goes, son, I got to ask you something. I said, what? He said, are you funny? I thought, what a time to ask me. <laughs> it might be a little too late here. But now I'm thinking to myself, that was brilliant. Because that's what someone should have did to Nate. Seconds before Nate was set to go to the ring, does he not have anyone in his life that cares about him enough that would have stopped him and said, Hey, Nathaniel, do you know how to fight? I mean, come on. Who trained him? He's running into him with his head down. But I didn't enjoy seeing him get knocked out. Well, I did a little bit. But, you know, I like Nate. I just don't understand why he wouldn't got into a fight when he knew he didn't know how to fight. And in fact, Joe says this. So when I had beef with 50 Cent, people were like fake offering me $10 million, $5 million, go fight 50 one-on-one. Now, I'm not scared of 50. I fight him for free at the time. But to get knocked out, maybe, on this, I mean, it's tough. It's tough, and I don't think we're giving him his respect. He got knocked out. I get it. It was explosive. It was crazy. I get it. But you can't keep trying to people, you know, that got the courage to entertain us. I know 
entertainment is entertainment. And if you get in the ring, you got to be willing to deal with whatever they throw at you. I'm talking about my brother, Nate Robinson. How many of you will have the heart to go in the ring at a Mike Tyson, Roy Jones fight and fight one-on-one -on -one against another guy? And so, yeah, he caught the L. A lot of people on social media, meaning you, uh, just like to talk. And basically, you wouldn't do this yourself. I have two problems with what Fat Joe said here. Number one, you just basically said to me that you would have fought 50 Cent for free, but you wouldn't have fought him for 10 million? What are you talking about? <laughs> Imagine being willing to fight someone for free, but not for millions. Make that make sense. Number two, I've heard a few people say this. Well, most of y'all that's clowning wouldn't get in the ring. Well, duh. That's because most of the people clowning are smart. You don't play boxing. I got my box on in my younger days. You don't play boxing. You either in it or you not. I wasn't, so I left. I know enough to know that. Don't get in that ring with somebody who really bought that ring. It's the same thing with marriage. <laughs> don't get in that ring with somebody who really ain't bought that ring. Poor Nate. All right. Um. From one little man to another, Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart released a special on Netflix called Zero Fucks Given, I believe is the name of it. And it was all right to me. It was all right. Um, I like Kevin. Always have. I have nothing against him. I, I think he's brilliant. I really think a lot of this is marketing. When people are being critical of the special. I don't think Kev should care. That's the part that confuses me. Kev. You, you, I mean, come on, fam. You're a rock star. Who cares what people think at this point if you're him? Now, when I say who cares, though, I'm talking about the people who criticize you as an individual. Like, hell with those people, right? You shouldn't care about that where you are in life. You're way too successful to care about that. But as an artist, I do think you should care about what people think about your work because that's who you're creating the work for, the people. The people are technically your boss. If you are a true artist, right? So you should care what people think if it's constructive criticism, which is what I kind of saw Kev reacting to negatively, and I didn't understand that. Now, I don't think it was a bad special. I don't think it was his best. I don't think it was incredible. The first 30 minutes, I'm not, I was kind of just going through the motions. I think it picked up a little bit toward the end, but I feel like he was doing comedy from a place of fear, worrying about what people may think, Worrying about what people may say. And that happens to a lot of comedians the more successful they become. And then you stop being a comic or a person of the people. And you become more of a machine of some sort. And, you know, hey, guess it's a price to pay to come with the success. But either way, I wouldn't keep making videos about how I don't give a fuck. Because eventually, people are going to start to see, obviously, you do. But... That could also be a marketing plan into which the more he talks about it, the more we talk about it, and the more times people will view his special. So maybe in the end, Kevin's a bigger man than a lot of us. Could be. Lastly, let's get into 2 chains. What's that on that beat, ho? I'm different, yeah, I'm different. I'm different, so I don't, yeah, I couldn't I'm find the exact I'm quote, but I remember yeah, this different. week, 2 chains was in a woman's comments. And somebody said to him, yo, your wife might see that. And then he responded in some kind of way like, she ain't going to care or something like that. Don't quote me, but it was something to the extent of she ain't going to do nothing or she ain't going to care or she'll do it with me, whatever it was. And I felt to myself, <laughs> even if she don't care or whatever the case, why would you publicly say that? Like, you should keep that to yourself. Why did he feel the need to say that? I remember being a kid and I got in trouble at school. Teacher was like, I'm going to call your father. And I said, call him. He ain't going to do shit. <laughs> and in my mind, I knew if she called him, he was going to whoop my ass. I knew that. But in my mind, I tried reverse psychology. Or at least my version of it. And I tried to Jedi mind trick the teacher. 
into believing that you might as well not even call him because it's not going to work. He's not going to do nothing. And it pissed her off more. And not only did she call him, she gave him my quote. All I heard in the office was, and he said, and I quote, go ahead and tell him he ain't going to do shit. I died. I said, this is it. I'm going to die. All because I told Miss Mansour that my father wasn't going to do shit. And he is going to do shit. He's going to do a lot of shit. And we all knew that. But in my mind, <laughs> I thought that that was my ticket out. It didn't work. As to how my father handled it, let's just say I never tried that one again. But I know my dad was motivated by the public embarrassment. There's a little extra oomph in that. And 2 Chains is a grown-ass man doing this with his wife. That's corny. Don't put your spouse in that position. I don't care how many chains you go by. <laughs> Makes you wonder what has more value Two chains or one ring Moving on Speaking of relationships I heard this video the other day And it was a video that I'd seen before But I thought this message was really powerful And some of you may have never heard it So I wanted to play it for you If I love you, I can't lie to you Of course you can lie to me And you will If you love me and you're going off with Maddie Someplace you're lying to me Cause what the hell do I care about the truth? I care if you're there. Let Billy Holiday say hush now. Don't explain. All right, I accept that. Of course, All of right, course you lie to me. Cause I don't even want to care. What, what does the truth matter? And why are you gonna be truthful with me when you lie to everybody else? You lied when you smiled at that cracker down the job, right? Lie to me. Smile. Treat me the same way you would treat him. I can't treat you. You must. Treat him. You must. Because I've caught the I've caught the frowns and the anger. He's happy with you. Of course he doesn't know you're unhappy. You grin at him all day long. You come home and I catch hell. Because I love you, I get least of you. I get, I get the very minimum. And I'm saying, you know, fake it with me. Is that too much of the black woman to ask of the black man? For 10 years so that we can get a child on his feet. This is a conversation between James Baldwin and Nikki Giovanni. And I think it's powerful. So when I first heard this, I was like, why would you want me to fake it with you? But then I thought about it and I'm like, so many women go through that, right? Like as the man, you got to fake it when you go to work. So you go get your check. Can't take that out on them at work. Well, some people get away with that. Most of us don't. You don't typically take it out on your friends. They wouldn't be your friends. <laughs> Can't take it out on your family. They usually not going for it. You take it out on your lady. Or maybe you take it out on your man. But either way, the spouse usually gets the brunt of the realness and the anger and the passion and the pain and all that. You go home and you take it out on them. I felt where Miss G was coming from right here. No, fake it with me too, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Put on the front for me. I'm the one who loves you. I'm the one who's really with you. I'm the one who's loyal to you and is going to be with you the rest of your life regardless. Fake it with me. I was watching that video like, damn it, I want to fake it. <laughs> I never looked at it that way. I just thought it was such a beautiful message. So I hope it, uh, whoever needed to hear that, I hope you learned to fake it. Fake it with the one you love. All right. All right, I'm going to get into this segment. What the hell do these artists be talking about? But I'm only do two songs this week. Mostly because I got a lot to do. All right. I'm sorry. Don't kill me. But. I love this new Usher song, right? Shout out to Usher. And it's literally one of my favorite songs right now. It's called Bad Habits. Um, and I'm just constantly listening to it. But as I'm listening to it, I couldn't help that he says this. You take me back and then I lie to you again. I slipped into the DM of your best friend. I don't know if it's you writing these songs or who's writing these songs, but why don't you ever cheat in a, like a normal way? Like, Usher always, like, doing some wild kind of cheating. Yo, I slid into your best friend's DMs? Ew. Why would you do that? <laughs> you couldn't slide all the DMs to slide in. 
Like he never, it's always something extra. Says she's three months pregnant and she's keeping it. The first thing that came to mind was you. Second thing was how do I know if it's mine and is it true? Third thing was me wishing that I never did what I did. How I ain't ready for no kid and bye bye. You got a pregnant? Like Usher don't never just normal cheat. Y'all remember Truth Hurts? Man, he accused that woman of doing wrong the whole damn song just to get to the end and go. Y'all playing with you. It's really me. What? All these years, man. This man out here making love in the club. Why he married? Like, what are you, Usher? Fam, what are you doing? That's who Grandma was trying to send the nudes to. Grandma was 100% sending the nudes to Usher. Oh. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious, man. The other trash song I heard this week, well, we got to do it. I'm going to do it. When I wake up in the morning, the alarm gives out a warning. Leave this song alone. Rappers, stop doing this. Stop it. Young Thug just came out and said he ain't know who Andre 3000 was. Disgusting. Disgusting. Respect your elders. Respect the classics. Everybody know that Young Thug dress, sound, rap, all that like Andre 3 stacks. You know who Andre 3000 is. Stop it. Don't act like you ain't never heard an Outkast song. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that, young dog. Don't do that. You never heard an Outcast song? Are you kidding me? You ain't never heard an Andre 3000 verse. You ain't never been in a club, and this came on. Me and your daughter. Are you kidding me? I'm sorry, y'all. I had a moment because this rapper Young Thug just disrespected Andre 3000 in a way that it, it just it hit me personally. It made me feel some kind of way. However, I bring up this point to say, stop doing this. Stop destroying the classics. Some things don't need to be touched. Some people don't need to be touched. Legendary. Leave the legendary stuff alone. We talked about this on the Bird Show today. Leave Oreos alone. Don't mess with an Oreo. No double stuff. No thin Oreos. No mint Oreos. Halloween Oreos. Christmas Oreos. Don't touch an Oreo. Leave it alone. Treat it like a Butterfinger and don't lay a finger on it. Meg Thee Stallion, ex-best friend, just rapped on a classic Tupac beat and she's not a rapper. And y'all let this happen. Why is she doing that? <laughs> no, I'm not. Yo, Mo, have you heard? No, I haven't heard it. I'm not listening to someone who's not a rapper rap over a Tupac beat. Stop it. It's not all right. Moving on. All right, question of the week. I did an interview last week, and they was like, hey, you want to do one fun question? So I was like, sure. And the fun question was, without blaming your ex, what is something you would have done different in your last relationship? And I didn't know why that question was fun. <laughs> like, nothing about that question yelled fun to me. But I would have never been in the relationship. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's the one move I would have made different. That's it. That's all I would have changed. Not being there. There you go. But it made me think. People are always saying goals. We just put goals on people for relationship. Lord, I want Sierra's prayer. But Sierra's prayer worked for her. 
You got to be specific with your prayer. I tell people this all the time. And I'm saying this because I was talking to a good friend. <laughs> I was talking to a good friend of mine and she was like, yo, I'm praying for a handsome man with a good job. The nice guy. And I said, he can still be a psycho. I need you to be a little more specific with your prayer. My ex was nice too. That's how it started out. And then I got maced. I did that. I prayed for a pretty woman with a nice job. You know what I got? A pretty woman with a nice job that was a psycho. That's exactly what I got. That's what I got. It's a psycho. Some of y'all may not know that I got maced by my ex. That's true. Um, I woke up one morning and I just heard her banging on the door really loudly. Bang, 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 bang. She bangs. She bangs. Here we go with this banging shit again. I can't escape it. So I get up. Yo, you took the key? I'm like, I didn't take the key. I'm going back to sleep. Bang, bang, bang. So I come to the door. I'm like, yo, what's your problem? And she's like, you took the key. You took the key. Right, mind y'all, I ain't take no key. I don't know what she's talking about. So I go to open the door. Mace the hell out of me. Oh, she lit me up. Lit me up. And then called the cops. Talking about I took the key and her name on the lease. Right? It's a true story. So the cops get there. Put me in handcuffs in my own place. While I'm maced. I can't see shit. Still can't see. Don't know who's arresting me. Could all be an act. Dude could be a stripper. I don't know what the hell is going on. I wouldn't know. Can't see. All I know is I'm in handcuffs. Uh, uh. That's the, that's the sound I'm making. Right? Because <laughs> that's just the way my life is going. Uh, and the cops is like, yo, we just want to let her get her stuff. Because she's saying that you took the key. Da, 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 da. We want to put you on handcuffs because it's safe for everybody. So now I'm maced in my drawers in handcuffs on my couch. Uh, uh. So as she's looking for her stuff, she finds the key. It was in her purse the entire time. And she's like, oh, I found the key. Oh, my God. And I'm like, ding, ding, ding. Reason number 435 to leave this woman. And I think I finally got the sign. <laughs> but I, you know, I was blind. I couldn't see. It was what it was. She maced me. That's my excuse. What's yours? Now, my point is, I should have been more specific with my prayer. So as I got older, I became more specific with my prayer in praying for a woman. And I got a, a little better. You know, a little better. And, and you know, <laughs> then it got a lot better. I guess the more you pray for, the more you get. Just like the more you pay for, the more you get is what I'm trying to say. Be specific with your prayer. Most reflective moment of the week. I was talking to a brother of mine, my man LB. Shout out to LB. And, oh man, the dude is so easy to talk to. Just, uh, just my dude. Been around many, many, many years. We've been through it all, all kinds of ups and downs. But just one of the easiest people to talk to. That I've probably the easiest person to talk to that I've ever met. And we just bounce ideas off of each other. And we were talking over uh, my Thanksgiving vacation. And we had a really good conversation. And he was telling me a lot about what was going on in his life with, with himself and his work and his family and his kids and, and all that. And I'm proud of him because he's in such a good place and he's doing well. And man, we've come from nothing. So we're both proud of each other to see us out here doing positive things and doing good things. And I brought up this point with him that he was like, yo, you got to share that on your podcast. And that's the only reason I'm going to tell this particular part of it. But it was funny and it was real. So <laughs> he was having a moment telling me about how proud he is of his kids and how well they're doing and how much they remind him of himself. And at the same time, there's, there's times when he feels like they don't maximize their full potential. Like they got to, they don't have some of that grit. And some of that grind that he had when he was their age. And I was like, yo, now this is coming from a guy who doesn't have kids. So what do I know? Nothing. Take this with a grain of salt. Take it for whatever you want, right? But I'm like, I always think that's funny. When you hear parents, especially great parents, you always hear really good parents say, I don't know what it is. My kid just doesn't have it like I used to have it. They just don't have the drive, the want to, the will, the grit, right? You hear that. But then you hear those same exact parents say, say shit like, 
I'll work super hard so that my kids don't have to. <laughs> so it's like, hey, what do you want, man? <laughs> of course your kids don't have the grit you used to have. They don't have to. They're not in the same situation. How could you expect them to have it? That's what you've bust your ass for. You said it yourself so that your kids would have to go through what you used to have to go through. That's the point. Welcome to being a great parent. <laughs> and he laughed and he's like, yo, I never looked at it that way. That makes sense. I'm like, fam, I know people in my generation and the generation before mine who grew up in the hood. You grew up getting shot at. You damn right you had more motivation than your kids have. What's more motivating than bullets? But your kids have never been shot at. They not going to share that type of motivation. Thank God. Because you got them out the hood. <laughs> you got them in the suburbs. They chilling. They feet up. Ain't nobody coming in there trying to steal their PS5. Why would you expect them to have that? There are certain levels of drive and, and, and passion and inspiration that you really can only get from life. And thank God they may not have it to the level you had it, but they have it at the level they're supposed to. They'll figure it out. They most of the time always do. <laughs> really, though. Right? You never know what a co-pilot is capable of until they have to become the pilot. Then you really see it. Sometimes you just got to be in a position. Sometimes your kids ain't going to be in that kind of position to let safety net is going. Because you just got a different way about getting to the next level when you know you don't have a safety net. You walk that tightrope just a little bit different <laughs> when you don't have a safety net. You don't know how hard it's going to be out here. That's why I'm working this hard for you. Well, if you're working that hard so that they can work a little easier, then shut up. <laughs> of course they don't have it like you do. It's real talk, though. But again, I have no kids. What do I know? Nothing. Shout out to my brother. It's a great man, great parent, great kid. Um, I don't necessarily have a quote this week to close out with, but I do have some motivation because I think there may be somebody out there who needs to hear this. I'm going to try to explain this situation that I found myself in that made me really uncomfortable but helped me grow. It broke my heart, but it fixed my vision. Sometime in life, some of us go through phases where you feel like, damn, I'm really by myself out here. For one reason or another. You just feel that way. You feel like people don't go as hard for you as you go for them. You feel like people don't take the time to try to understand you the way you take the time to try to understand them. You feel like people will give up on you a lot sooner than you would have gave up on them. I think a lot of us go through those types of phases, right? You feel like that. Sometimes the people closest to you hurt you, stab you in the back, let you down, throw you under the bus. Don't show up when you need them. People you would never think would do that to you. They do it. I realized that recently. And I'm going to try to explain this to y'all without saying names. Because I don't want to embarrass anyone or to make anyone feel any kind of way. But I do want to speak about how this situation made me feel because I think it could be helpful. Let's just say I had a conversation recently with some people who I love dearly. And in the midst of the conversation, I handled it in a real politically correct way. Because I didn't really want to deal with how I really felt about it because it was going to make me go to a dark place. Like, you know, some, some of us know you just deal with something on the surface level because you don't want to really go to where you really feel because it's going to affect you more than it's going to affect the people that are making you feel this way or helping you feel this way. So I dealt with it on a surface level. And then the more I thought about it, the more I start to really get upset about it because of the way that I was approached and because of the things that were said to me. I told some things to some family members of mine that I didn't necessarily expect for them to run and tell someone else so quickly. And then the way that they told them made me feel, I don't know, honestly, I don't know. But it, it is what it is, right? The old me would have been, I would have felt some type of way toward the people, not necessarily the action. There's growth in that. That's number one, right? So I said, okay, 
that makes me feel some type of way. But fine. Then, then it was like this whole kind of come at me thing. And it didn't only come from those people. It came from another source. Things that I said, I didn't say, whatever, right? But here's where the sauce is in all of this. Someone really, really close to me, as close as a friend can be, said some really nasty things about somebody else in my family one day. And it hurt me. It hurt me that they said those things and that it came from that person, right? And the person that they talked about, they know I love dearly. I went off. I went hard for that person. Just to turn around in the future and that same person that was being talked about said some pretty nasty things about me to someone else in a real disloyal manner. And I said, damn it. (laughs) Look at that. The person I was sitting here fighting for, just fighting, man, blindly, threw me under the bus so easily. And the old me would have gotten upset. I would have been pissed, but I wasn't. You know why? Because that's my fault. That's on me. And you know why I'm not mad at the family members who shared what I told them? Because that's my fault. That's on me. I should have never done it. I should have never gave that information. I should have never trusted them with that. Why did I do that? That's on me. I know better than that. I shouldn't have fought that hard. I should not have fought the way Rosa Parks did to sit where she wanted on a bus for a person that would throw me under a bus. I should never have done that. So I'm not as hurt as I used to be, and I'm not nearly as angry as I used to be. I'm kind of content in that I no longer have to stress that much. I don't have to fight that hard. Because at the end of the day, the only person that's truly going to fight for you like you is you. That's it. Most of us who are great have gone through phases in our life where we realized that no one was coming to our aid. They just weren't. It was just God. That's it. And it's enough, at least for me. So I'm not upset with anyone. It is what it is. But I've learned such a valuable lesson because I was, I got stressed out to the point where I got rushed to the hospital. Stressing over people who are not stressing over me. But I'm the one about to die. Nah, no more. So I say that to say to someone who may be going through something similar. Man, worry about you. You can start today. Put that love into you. Put that energy into you. Put it into you. That's where it should go. That's where you always get your return on investment. You always double your profit when you put it into yourself. Love others, care for others. Don't always be so quick to put yourself out there and die for others. Because I promise you, most of them ain't so quick to do it back for you. Sometime a part of growth and maturation is learning how to take accountability, even when you don't feel like it's fair. And sometime what you're really upset about may not completely be the person's actions as much as it's your expectations for the person. Maybe you put the person on a pedestal they didn't deserve to be on or they didn't earn or they just simply couldn't stay on. Expected too much from them. And maybe, just maybe that's not all their fault. But you have to take some of that blame too. Now, sometimes people are just fake are full of it, and that's not on you, that's on them. But even then, because you're real, 
doesn't necessarily mean that you should expect others to be you. Because they're not. So even in disappointment, I'm reminded that somewhere, just a little bit, this is on me. Just something to think about. And shout out to my Grandma V. Feel better. I'm praying for you, and I know you'll be fine. I love you, and I love y'all. Next week, bitches. Yeah, it's your national underground, thunderbounds when I stop the ground. Like a million elephants, a silverback, a tank. you can't stop the train. Who wants up, don't come unprepared, I'll leave there. But when I leave there, better be a household name. Brother man telling us it ain't gonna rain. So now we sitting in a drop top soaking wet. In a silk suit, try not to sweat. Hit some assaults without the net. But this be the year that we won't forget. One, nine, nine, nine. I don't need anything gold. Be what you wanna be. Long as you know consequences are given for living defenses. Too hot to jump in jail. Too low to dig, I might just touch hell. Hot, get a life, not a gonna sell. At Bank of Ireland, you don't have to talk face-to-face. Our mortgage team are happy to talk FaceTime to FaceTime and give you all the info you need, from how to get started to how much to save. FaceTime our mortgage team to talk about a personalised mortgage that's right for you. When you're ready to make a move, we're ready to make it with you. Bank of Ireland. Begin. Lending criteria, terms and conditions apply. Over 18s only. Mortgage approval subject to assessment of suitability and affordability. Bank of Ireland Mortgage Bank trading as Bank of Ireland Mortgages is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. At Carphone Warehouse, we've got the best deals in town. Get massive savings on bill pay with brands like Samsung, iPhone, Huawei and Google Pixel. Shop our range of smartwatches, fitness trackers, wireless headphones and phone accessories. And we've got unbelievable prices on SIM-free and prepay phones. Shop online at carphonewarehouse.ie. Need to arrange finance for your business? Talk to Linked Finance today. As an approved provider of low-cost business loans under the government's COVID-19 credit guarantee scheme, Linked Finance offers fast, unsecured loans of up to €250,000 with no personal guarantees required. Simple applications are lowest ever rates and a credit decision in just 24 hours. Keep your business moving forward. Search Linked Finance today. Linked Finance, supporting a Government of Ireland initiative. You know the Skoda Kodiak? Now meet the Kamek. It can fit a starting team of NBA players, a four-ball and a caddy, a quartet and their conductor, or the front five in a scrum. How much space do you need? The Kamek has all the benefits of the Kodiak. The tech, the style, and the SUV feel. Because at Skoda, we put big thinking into each of our cars. So you see, the Kamek is not small. It's just smaller. The new Skoda Kamek. Visit skoda.ie.